0: Thank you for listening to this week's message from Go Church. We hope it encourages you today. For more information about Go Church, check us out online at letsgo.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. I was thinking about something that to me is just totally amazing. My wife, Becky, and I, we have been married for 22 years. Can somebody please put their hands together for Becky for putting up with me for 22 years? It's been a long time for Becky to put up with me. Not only that, we have known each other for 32 years. Now, Becky, would you mind? Would you just stand up so people know who I'm talking about? Go ahead. Little little way. There we go. Thank you. So we've known each other for 32 years. We were just friends growing up. We met in church, went to youth group together and got our relationship started really by writing notes in church a couple of weeks ago we read a few of those it was the original text message that's right students if you want to know how old your pastor is and also maybe your mom and dad we existed before cell phones that's weird to think about the dinosaurs were very scary i want you to look at this old picture check this out we're going all the way back to high school graduation night That is weird to look at. Got started, didn't even have color pictures back then. It was black and white. (laughs) Becky and I have known each other for a long time, so we got started writing notes in church. We wrote funny notes, serious notes. Don't tell my parents this. We wrote several inappropriate notes in church, okay, as teenagers. And one note in particular I found interesting and also telling, a bit prophetic in its nature. So we wrote this note. We were seniors. I was a senior in high school and wrote a note together that said, if by 30 years of age, neither one of us are married, we will find the other person and we will marry each other at 30. And we both signed it and dated it. It was a legally binding contract. But we were married on May 12th. We couldn't wait that long. We've known each other a long time. So we got started, of course, writing notes and stuff in church, the original text message. Now we write each other a lot still every single day, but of course do it by phone. And I thought I would just give you a sneak peek into the dynamic of our texting relationship at times this just randomly happened yesterday. I decided to start the day off with Becky by sending her this text in the morning. It was the red balloon, a little Pennywise. She sends me back the chopsticks, the ear, the honey. We're going back and forth. Are you picking up the pattern? Because there, there isn't one. And this is what I love about Becky. Are we sending random emojis? I'm here for it. Ready to jump out of the plane, man. One of the things I loved about Becky early on, Becky is fun, okay? I don't know if you know this. Maybe it's news for some of us in the house. Marriages should be fun, okay? Relationships, godly relationships should be fun. So going all the way back in the day, yes, Becky, all the reasons I wanted to be with her, smart, great at math, beautiful, athletic, funny, When we were young, you know, we would play two-on-two basketball against other people, beat them, have fun. She could throw a ball better than I could. She played center field growing up her entire life, so she could bring the heat from center field. Can still throw a football better than me. Becky and I had so much fun growing up. So in our dating relationship, fun. In our marriage relationship, fun. And so I want you to think about this today. All of you who are here who are married, if you were to give yourself a grade, From 1 to 10 on how fun your marriage is now. Not how you want it to be, not maybe on your best day or your best average of the week. What would you give yourself, what number would you give yourself now on that scale, 1 to 10 on the fun factor in your marriage? Now, maybe you're here and you're married and you're giving yourself a grade. Maybe you're here and you're not married and you're single, ready to mingle, okay? You're in a good place. I've already told you I met my wife in church. Good things can happen in church, The first kiss that Becky and I ever had was in church. Don't tell my mom. Good things can happen in church. Maybe you're single ready to mingle. Maybe you're single don't need to mingle, but you have important relationships in your life. Maybe you are dating, hopefully not mating, and relating, and you are wanting to get more serious. In this relationship, this is going to be a good message. This is a good series for you. So it's not just for married folks, okay? So today, yes, there will be some things in this message that is specifically applying to marriages. So today we are talking about sex, and for that, you need to have a license, okay, to do that in a godly way. So we're gonna talk about that. That is not applicable to every single relationship. But there are some things in this message that will be. Let's get started with this. Take your communication card. Flip it over. It looks like this. Write our one big thing right across the top. Many times in Go Church, we'll take one central idea. We'll really focus in on that. and We will attach other points of truth. Let them hang from this idea. So one big thing. Fun never goes out of style. It never goes out of style. I want to give you a few quotes about marriage, some academic quotes. Being married is like having a best friend who doesn't remember anything you say. It's very academic. On the difference between dating and texting, marriage and texting, here's the dating text. Baby, I'm not feeling very good today. Marriage text. I've had diarrhea seven times today. <laughs> you know it's true. Hopefully today it's not true. But it's, okay. <laughs> On marriage. If at first you don't succeed, try doing it the way your wife told you. All of the wives in the house said Amen. Finally, the theologian and renaissance man, Will Farrell says, <laughs> before you marry a person, you should make them use a computer with slow internet to see who they really are. <laughs> uh, that might be true. So today, listen, I want to give all of us, I think this is something we should always work on. It doesn't matter if you've been married two years, 20, or 40. We need to always be working on our relationship, making it better and better and better. And I think sometimes we forget about the fun factor. We should be fun. Maybe you've been married so long, you can't remember when it was fun, but it was at one point fun enough for you to say, I want to hang out with you the rest of my life. And today, I want us to channel those feelings. So I want to give you three types of fun that every married couple should have in their life. Now, some of this is going to be applicable to other relationships as well, so see if you can spot it. Here's the first one. Have fun face-to-face. Everyone say face-to-face. This is when you are talking to the other person, having conversation. There's a book in the Bible written by a guy named Solomon. Solomon, one of the wisest people to ever walk the planet. Not perfect. There's only one perfect person in the Bible. That's Jesus. Everybody else made mistakes. Solomon Wise made his fair share. But he wrote a book. In this book, Song of Songs, there are exchanges between him and his wife, written exchanges. And this book is interesting. It is steamy. It's between him and his wife. And I want us to look into this book today. This is Song of Songs, chapter 7. Get ready. It's going to be all kind of awkward and fun today. I promise you that. Here we go. This is Solomon to his wife. How beautiful! Your sandaled feet. You see what he did there, ladies? Already he's talking about the importance of shoes. That can be a love language for some people. Not just feet, sandaled feet. Noticing the shoe game. Oh, how beautiful your sandaled feet, oh, prince's daughter. Your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of an artist's hands. He's off to a good start here. Your navel is (laughs) just a funny word to say out loud in front of people. (laughs) Try it sometime. (laughs) Navel, that is a weird one. Your navel is a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. Your waist is a mound, better keep reading on this, of wheat encircled by lilies. A little dangerous there in the beginning, but he kind of saves it with the the lilies there at the end. You want to go quickly through the mound. You don't want to say that. Different cultural context. Verse 3, your breasts. That's right. Students in the house are like, what? Your breasts are like two fawns. Like twin fawns of a gazelle i find this funny he's like (laughs) not just two fawns they're identical (laughs) identical twin fawns your neck is like an ivory tower your eyes are the pools of heshbon by the gate of bath rabim don't know why i rolled the r but i just felt like i should i went for it what's he doing husbands do you notice what he's doing He is giving her details, not just, you look great, babe. He's talking about the navel. He's talking about blended wine. He's describing his wife's body to his wife, okay? The husband is giving details. Husbands, it is smart and good and can lead to some fun if you notice details about your wife. She's not just great. Talk about the very specific things to her. So when you write a card, write down some very specific things that you love about your wife. Talk about her sandaled feet and her fawns and the twins or whatever you think would really minister to her. Be willing to do that. I want you to think about having fun in conversation as a married couple. Now, if you were to think back, I bet there were times when you were early on in your relationship. You would talk a lot. I mean, back in the days when Becky and I were young and talking a lot on a phone, that's when the phone was attached to a wall, and then had a cord. Or if you had money, it was like a cordless phone, but still somehow still attached to a cord. And we would talk late and late and late late into the night. My mom, dad would find us, get mad. Why are you still talking on the phone? It's time to go to bed. Think about in your relationship, the early days. Maybe you used to talk a lot. Maybe those early dates were like talk and talk and talk. You're like shutting the restaurant down. Just talking and on the next thing. And then as time goes by, maybe you talk less or you're talking about different things. Early on in your relationship, maybe the date was about each other and, and things that you were trying to discover about each other. And then you're married like 7, eight, nine, 18 years. And the date is more like a business meeting. It was like an agenda. It's written out. Little email in advance, talking about the schedule. Okay, so you've got the kids, and then we're going here. And what about dance? We got the doctor three this week. Who's doing doctor? You got doctor. Okay, we got doctor. Then we get the thing on Saturday. You got thing on Saturday. Okay, but don't forget motion. Can I make a motion to have a date next month? Motion denied. We'll schedule it month after that. It's just. It's just a business meeting. Like all you do is just talk about the business of the family or the actual business. When Becky and I are getting together, sometimes we talk about church. Now, we love y'all. We do. Go church means so much to us, but we need some space in our life away from y'all. It's okay. And you're the same way in your work life and other things that you have as a responsibility. You got to get back to the place where... You're interested in the person you're sitting across the table from. Having fun face-to-face is huge. So I want to give you a couple of date night conversation starters. You might write these down. These are questions. Husbands, you might write these down. Subtle hint. Write them down. Sometimes as husbands, we don't need subtle. Just tell us what to do. Write these down right now. Okay. Just some real easy questions maybe to use on a date night with your significant other. Here's a good question. What does your ideal weekend look like? Have them describe it out to you. Figure out, like, is this a pancake person? Have they switched to waffles? What really makes an amazing weekend for them? And then, how can I actually help that weekend happen? Husbands, not like, okay, that sounds great. I'll outsource it. Another question, when do you feel most loved by me? That could lead to some good conversation. For the husbands that are slow at writing, when do you feel most loved by me? Third one. If there's one daily habit that you would like me to do every day that would make you 10 times happier, what would it be? I made a dumb mistake of actually asking Becky this question this week. Without pausing, without any thought, she said, hang up the dish towel. Yeah, you're laughing because y'all were here last week. Now, if you don't know why people are laughing, you need to go and watch that message from last week about the dish towels, okay? I hung up the dish towel, let me tell you. Now, here's the last one. This is just for married folks. Let me be clear. This is just for married folks. What's your favorite sexual memory with me? Then a quick follow-up question. Want to recreate it? Depending on the answer, statement after that is check, please. Check, check, right here. Check, please. We got to go. Got to get out of here. Keep it fun. Try to keep your days as married couples away from turning into a business meeting where it's just scheduling. Try to also avoid letting it turn into I've been saving eight things I'm frustrated about, and now is the next time I have to tell you all about that. Maybe spread those out over time, and maybe some of them don't talk about at all. Don't just use dates to do conflict resolution. That just gets old and tiring really, really fast. We're going to have fun face-to-face. Everybody say face-to-face. All right, second way is this. We're going to have fun side by side. Side by side. Solomon's wife, she says this in Song of Psalms, chapter seven Come, my beloved, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Do you know what Solomon's wife is asking for? Road trip. I'm going to go back and look. Come, we got to get out of town. Let's go to the countryside. We got to get out of here. Let's go to the mountains. Let's go somewhere. Let's go to a different state. Let's just go somewhere that's not here anywhere. Let's go to the countryside, and let's spend the night. We got to spend the night, not just drive through. We got to spend a little time. Let's spend the night in the villages. She was like, let's go on a road trip. This is spending time together, not even necessarily like the face-to-face we're talking. This is we're doing stuff together. Married people in the house, when was the last time you did something that was fun together? Some kind of activity that was just fun. It wasn't like sitting cross, deep conversation that's hard for guys sometimes. Especially other guys. We're not super comfortable like getting coffee. Like Becky will go do lots of things with women that are like sitting across the table from the talking, connecting, eating. Tell me, oh no, tell me. and tell, Guys don't want to do that. It's like, let's go shoulder to shoulder. Let's go play golf. Let's go hunt. Let's go ride a bike. Let's go do something. We're not just going to sit across a table and and just talk to each other. It's weird sometimes. In your relationship, it can't just be face to face talking deep. Sometimes you got to get out there and do something that's fun. So last week, it wasn't fancy, but last week, as you all know, was Valentine's Day. If you're just finding that out, it's too late. Just. (laughs) You done missed the window, son. It's over. Wait for next year. Uh, last last week, Valentine's Day. So Becky and I decided we're gonna actually go on a short little road trip. Okay, we're gonna jump in the car, top down, scarf on, convertible top down, scarf on, and we're gonna go and we're just gonna go do something fun. We're gonna go eat somewhere that we've never eaten, and so we did like a random search. Boulder restaurant, Google Maps. We decided to go to this Indian restaurant that we'd never been to. It's like an Indian restaurant slash cultural center. Like, okay, that sounds fun. Jump in the car, boom. We are going to Boulder. We park the car, we get out, some steps up to the top, we get to the top, and they have this music just blazing. It's like this good music. And Becky just she starts to feel it. She's like, she's starting to she's starting to get it. I'm like, I'm like, you go! She's getting it, she's excited. And all of a sudden, boom, music stops. Like out of nowhere. I'm like, you were shaking it so hard you broke the music. I'm like, all right, let's go in. So we go in. Food was nasty. This <laughs> was a buffet. It was gross, no salt, all bland, not great. A Chai was good. Had some chai, had some fun, really didn't care. We're hanging out. We're out of town. Don't care, having fun. So we finish. We go back outside, and what do you know? They got the music fixed. So man, here Becky goes again. She's hitting it, hitting it, and then breaks the music twice. They turn it off. She's shaking it so hard, she breaks the music twice. So we get in, and we drive down to another small town, and we just spend time talking, listening to music, having fun, while not looking at each other, just driving. And we go to this beautiful stream. We get out. We sit there. We just say nothing. We're just hanging out, connecting. Becky and I have done all kinds of things together. So I'm challenging you married folks in the house. Do something together that is different than what you normally do. Now, Becky and I, pre-COVID, on our day off, we really liked to watch a movie, grab some food. COVID made us pick new stuff and try other things. So maybe you're in a rut. You always do the same thing. Try to pick something different. I just wrote down a few things that just came to my mind while I was prepping this message, I didn't do a deep dive. I was just like, what are some of the things that Becky and I have done? So I wrote these down. We have skydived. We have done ropes courses together. We've rode motorcycles together, rode horses together, canoed together, skydived together. I did that twice. We survived. Been three feet from a wild leopard. Surfed, hiked, been held at gunpoint. True story. We've made furniture together. We've made babies together, and that was really fun. Making them is more fun than raising them when they're like one or two. We've done all kinds of stuff together, and I think it's one of the reasons why I wanted to marry Becky is because we always had fun doing life together. And if your heart is beating in here today, you've got time to make some memories and to do some things that are fun face-to-face, side-by-side, but that's not where it ends for married folks. Last one, we're going to have fun body to body. Before we jump into this, something to think about on the side-to-side thing. I learned this the hard way. When you're going to go do an activity as a married couple, side note, don't do something where one of you is already an expert. Okay? So let's say one of you is really, really good at golf. Don't take your spouse, hey, do you want to go golf? Does not work well. Or, hey, babe, you want to go snowboard? I know you just ski, but do you want to go learn snowboarding? That is the road to divorce. Get a lesson. It is an investment in your marriage, okay? So just find something that you're both new at or both equally bad at. That makes for a lot more fun on a date, okay? Now, having fun body to body. Did you know God created marriage? He did. Adam and Eve, he created marriage. And did you also know that God created sex? We serve a good God, don't we? He created it. It's good. We should be able to talk about these things in church. Many churches don't. This is not an off-limits subject. This is something that God instigated. He invented this. So I think we should be able to talk about it. So Solomon's wife, she continues in Song of Songs. It gets steamy. Come, my husband, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded, if their blossoms have opened, and if the pomegranates are in bloom. There I will give you my love. I think she's talking about having sex in the park. This is one area of the Bible you should not strictly apply you don't get to do this. I don't want anybody going down to Quilted Park making a scene saying, oh, I heard about it in church. Not this church you didn't. I'll call the cops on you. But when it comes to sex, you know, men and women are different. So we should remember these differences. So wives in the house, men are very Simple. You know, for a man to have a great sexual experience, all you have to do is show up. Just be there. Good. Men in the house, husbands in the house, we need to remember that our wives are different than we are. And we need to be the foremost expert PhD in our wives, what they need emotionally, physically, spiritually we need to be the expert on that and remember that God created us differently and to learn how they love what means something to them it might not be the thing that is really important to you it might be something different like for me and Becky for like the first five years of our marriage Becky was always buying me gifts little things and writing me nice cards And it took me like five years to finally realize, oh, wait, she's doing that because that's important to her. I should write her a card and buy her some stuff. And it took me five dumb years to figure that out. Learn that faster. Learn how they give is often the way that they receive love. So figure that out. Be the expert in this. And if the grass ever looks greener on the other side, it is time for you to start watering your grass. Always investing. Always serving. Always loving. Always putting the other person first. We're there to serve each other. Mutual submission between each other and to the Lord. And you know what, when you live a life like that, a marriage like that, it starts to be fun because the defenses come down and you feel like you can be honest with each other and you're starting to have fun together in other areas of your life. And as you grow older and your body changes and life changes and seasons change and kids get old and And things around you change. Job changes. Where you live changes. Everything changes. But if you have this foundation of we love and serve each other and we will always have fun, you're never too old to have fun. It never goes out of style. It's not something that should stop. It's something that we should refine. So that's my challenge to you today is I want you to imagine all my married folks in the house. You know, what if you really invested in your marriage? Every great player needs a great coach. Raise your hand if you watched any of the Super Bowl last week. Raise your hand. Okay, maybe you watched somebody else watch the Super Bowl and you were on your phone. It's okay. Patrick Mahomes, phenomenal player. Guess what? Phenomenal coach. Great players need great coaches. Jordan Spieth needs a coach. Steph Curry needs a coach. LeBron James needs a coach. The fact that they have a coach doesn't mean that they're a bad player. In fact, many of the top premier athletes, they search out the best. Swing coach, putting coach, somebody that can help them refine their craft, just that small percentage more that can make them better than somebody else. But sometimes in church, we think about counseling or coaching like, it's only something that you do if you're in crisis. Like, if you got the yips or you got the thing, you can't throw anything anymore. You're, something's broke. Well, I guess we got to go to counseling. Something's broke. I think that's the wrong way to look at counseling, coaching, life coaching, getting biblical advice. You don't wait until it's broke to try to fix it, you keep it so maintained it's hard to break. It's got to be something catastrophic for it to get broken. So Becky and I, we've done marriage counseling. We've counseled others. We've gone to marriage counseling ourselves. I have counseled people, and I'm actually going to counseling myself. I don't think there's anything broken in me. There's not any super big crisis moment, but I know I can be better. And what happens when you live life and you lead for a while, I'm going to use a golfing analogy. If you don't like golf, just love it for a minute because you love me and I love you. You know, if golfing, if you're if you're golfing and you're working on, on putting, a lot of times players will video themselves, or they'll have somebody else watch them, because you can't watch yourself. You can't really just take a step out of your body and be like, "What am I doing? Oh, you know what I'm doing right there? I'm just totally getting off playing there. I'm at, the face of my club is away. Oh, you can't see that because you're just here doing it." You need somebody else standing far enough back where they can tell, oh, you know what you're doing? You're dropping this. Your footwork's not right. You need to shift this, and you can't even see it. It might feel okay, but the results are not good. So when I'm doing counseling now, the way that I look at it is like this. I want a coach to help me get better. I want to get better. It's worth the investment. And maybe you're sitting here and you're like, we can't afford counseling. I would push back and respectfully say, you can't afford not to. What if you invested a fraction of the money that you put into your hobby, into your thing, into stuff that you enjoy, into your career? What if you put a fraction of that into your marriage? and said, we are worth investing in. It's one of the most or the most important relationship you'll ever have. It's worth investing in. And the return on that investment is legacy and I think a life that God's created us to live. So I want to challenge you with that today. It's never too late. Don't give up. God hasn't given up. And it doesn't matter if there are if there are two people that have been through some very hard things, if both people will say, I am going to truly submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm going to submit to Him. And as I submit to Him, and this other person submits to him, God can take those two people and bring them together. It's never too late. Let's pray. God, help us to see you as you truly are, the one who reconciles, the one who restores, the one who brings life, the one who brings joy. God, help us to not try to find these things in our relationship outside of you, Help us to find these things only in and through you. That you wouldn't just be a part of our relationship, but that you would be the axle upon which our relationship turns. You are the center of our marriage, not just a part to be included. Can I challenge you with this? Just with your eyes closed, your heart open. God is not interested in your inclusion god is not interested in you just merely including him into a part of your life the only thing that he wants and the thing that he demands is complete submission not inclusion you include a hobby god is not our hobby he's our creator he's our father who's given everything he could give to have a real relationship with us, sending his one and only son so that we could have life and have a real relationship with a holy father, a holy God. God, help us to serve each other like you served us, to be willing to lay our life down, our preferences down, everything down for the good of the other person mutual submission to each other and ultimately to you. God, I pray for every marriage represented in this place. Every marriage that's represented by streaming today or online family. People who are engaged, thinking about being engaged. People that are struggling, thinking about going different ways. God, I pray that you would speak hope and remind them there's time left and that you can do it you can reconcile. You can bring together two people who are ultimately submitted to you. I pray that today. God, help us, every married couple in this place, to have fun. This week, to have fun. Next two weeks, to have fun. Face to face, side by side, body to body, and to remind ourselves, this is a person I fell in love with so long ago. And God, help me to have a new level of fun with this person. If you're here today, the most important relationship that you could have, it isn't with another person. It's with Jesus Christ, God's one and only son. That is the most important relationship you could ever have in your life. And the Bible says this is how you can start it. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved jesus lived the perfect life that we could never live the sins and all the ways that we have messed up that demands punishment of death and separation from god was paid for in and through the life of jesus christ he laid his life down on the cross paid the penalty for our sin in that moment he was separated from the father but that's not where it ended They took his dead body off of the cross, put him into the tomb. But after three days, God miraculously raised Jesus Christ back to life. And he's alive, and he has a plan for you. And that plan is to know you. If you're ready to make Jesus the Lord and the leader of your life, to truly submit to him, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now out loud. Pray this. Jesus, thank you for speaking to my heart. I ask that you would forgive me of every sin. I'm making you the Lord and the leader of my life. And I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. To stay in the know with Go Church, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at letsgo.church. You can also download our app from the App Store by searching Go Church. Have a great week, and God bless.